Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Did you see the news? They are fighting over toilet paper. You know, you know, that's a sh- that's just a shame. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah! So today we're going to be talking about why people behave the way they do. And so I want you to join me on the flip as we talk about scared, but not scary. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining me today. And I'm going to be talking about the right now. Usually I try to make what I'm talking about as evergreen as possible, but in trying times, you got to do what it takes. And so if you're listening to this at the time of recording, I want you to understand that we do need to take precautions. We need to do what we can in um, a time of uncertainty, but we also need to remember what's at work. So. As of today, in the United States where I live, there have been outbreaks and fights. And even in my regional area of Georgia, I live in the Atlanta area, there have actually been fights that have broken out over toilet paper. And one of them involved people being at a very big box store and taking uh, the available bottles of wine and having uh, bottle fights where one of the persons was stabbed over toilet paper. And enough has got to be enough. Now, of course, we can sit there and when we look at it in our logical mind outside of the heat of emotions and the drivers of our need to survive, it looks all kinds of crazy. But I do want to just stress that we need to look at things in context as as well before we try to pass judgment or even try to get the angle of wisdom that will help us to get through it. And so um, I was looking at something that Dr. Brene Brown, I love her, Dr. Brene Brown said as a plea to people. And what she said was, is that we would do well to try to be scared but not scary. Now, I don't like that whole try to be. So I just was like, let's just call it what it is. When you see this kind of behavior, you're looking at people who are scared, point blank, full stop, period, end. Because we know that there are four basic defense mechanisms that we have when we are scared, and we can clearly see them in effect right now. Let's just call it what it is. And so, 
Today, if you'll just bear with me, I want to work through how we can make sense of how people are behaving. You know, of course, we have people that are hoarding toilet paper and disinfectants, Lysol, hand soap, sanitizer, and all that kind of stuff. And some people are like, why would they do that? And then other people are like, I do it too. And I'm not trying to say that we know everything about every person, but I will say is that we do have some frameworks to try to help us get a hold of and an understanding to why people, including us, why we behave the way we, we do. And my hope is to explore some of these things and then do as we do here, give you some practicalities to help you to cope with and make it through this time of the COVID-19 or as it's also known, known as the coronavirus uh, as it rolls through doing what it's going to do, okay? All right, so the first thing I wanna say is, is that there are four, we call them the four Fs when it comes to um, the way we deal with our defense mechanisms, our internal guise to self-protect and to survive. And the four Fs are fight, flight, fright, and fawn, F-A-W-N, okay? so. When you are faced with trouble, when you are in great fear, when you are cornered, when your life, limb, or even those you protect and love are threatened, these are the defense mechanisms that will arise. Now, we used to think that each person only had one of these that was their true essence. And we've now learned that that is not the case, that Depending on the context, the time, and the situation, we can all act in any of these four or even all of them. Okay, so let's quickly go through them. They do sound like what they they are. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into detail. You, you know what these are. So the fight response, and these are responses, meaning that these are how your defenses rise up to help you get out of trouble. So the fight response is what you would call it. It is being uh, turning aggressive and starting to fight to uh, try to inflict harm or to annihilate the object of your depre- of your oppression or the object of the um, danger. Okay, so that is the fight response. The flight response is going to be where you run away. So say, for instance, you hear a large, a loud sound. And as we understand it right now, no matter what culture, what matter of expression of ethnicity or any of that, that you live on this globe, we are all hardwired that when we hear an unexpected sudden sound, we are immediately plunged into our defense mechanisms. And a majority of people's first um, mechanism is not to fight the sound, but to flee. And so when you think of flight, that's where you run away. You take shelter. You you go in the opposite direction. That's where people get into stampeding when, when a shot is fired. People take off running and they are running. They're sometimes running over folks because the adrenaline and the 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 mental processes have shut down the frontal lobe where logic and um, the ability to reason are and have put you straight back into your primal 
lizard brain, if you will, to get you to safety and to do whatever it is to keep yourself alive. Okay, so that's flight. The next one is going to be fright. Now, fright is where we have the freezing up, where you have people when they see something that's so scary, they become frozen, they can't move. That could possibly be someone who goes up uh, on the roof. And then when it's time to come down, the fear and the frightfulness of it is so overwhelming that they freeze. And so when you have fright, this is when someone is um, here to uh, try to deal with their situation, but they can't because they are immobilized. It's where there is a shutting down of their response system. So they can't. And this is not just uh, in a bad way. You'll find this in chameleons. You'll find this in animals who are able to blend into their surroundings to camouflage where they just become a part of the environment. And so it really is a defense mechanism. Okay. And then the next one is fawn. F-A-W-N. And this is where you try to negotiate, you try to um, hypnotize or uh, overcome with subtle influence to, uh, to negate the, the fear and the, the threat. And so you'll find when you have fawning, you'll have it where it's usually someone who perceives themselves as not able to overcome you by force or they're not able to flee you and be fast enough, um, but they're still able to act. And so they they try to shift the uh, power from the threat to them. That might be where you see a rabbit dog who is trying to attack and you you try to calm them down by doing certain gestures, you know, channeling Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, to get the animal to calm down so that you can, um, you know, do away with the threat. And so that's what fawning is. A lot of times when you see fawning, an ongoing situation, it's usually going to be people who are in an ongoing abusive relationship where they try to negotiate with the abuser to calm them back down so that everything returns to normal. A lot of times you'll see where they will say, oh yes, it was my fault. I shouldn't have done that and blah, 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 blah. And they'll do whatever they need to, to get the um to uh douse the the escalating threat negotiators are are people who operate in the fawning part of our defense mechanisms all the time and they do it actually from a logical standpoint where they diffuse uh, situations by their knowledge and their cleverness to influence and to sway and to get um, be very persuasive to get the threat um, mitigated Okay, so those are going to be the four main or major, as we know them now, ways that we respond to stressors, to threats of danger, and um, to get into a place of safetyness. So again, that's going to be fight, flight, fright, and fawn. Okay, so let's talk about the idea of being scared, but not being scary. And when we look at this, Now that we understand that we have these four ways that we deal with uh, situations, I'm hoping that you can start to see where when you think of people going in to grab toilet paper and ending up 
being stabbed by a wine bottle shard that you can see that they are no longer using logic and that because of the heat of the moment, because of the escalating emotions and because of the fight and flight responses, they have quickly moved through maybe some or all of these particular stances when it comes to to the defense. And this is how we try to make sense of what seems to be senseless because it really is not senseless. It's just that you cannot always logically explain what is primally done. But we're going to try our best here because in the heat of it, yeah. Um, I want to ask you, has there ever been a time when you've gotten escalated to the point of fight and someone had to talk you back down? Someone had to say, hey, 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 you know, and try to get your attention and try to break that trance that you were in where those particular neural um, transmitters were pumping adrenaline into your body and getting you ready to fight and to um, confront and collide with the opposing force. If that's the case, then you were having a person who was in full fight mode interacting with someone who was in full fawn mode. It could even be the person that you think is the aggressor who says, hey, 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 I didn't want to fight, you know, back down, stand down, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And it doesn't mean that you are a fighter. It doesn't mean that that is your go-to. It simply means that at that particular time, in that particular way, you you felt threatened enough that your body put you in a stance where you were willing to fight for your survival. But you're saying, Michelle, is toilet paper. No, you don't understand. Well, I'm not going to say you don't understand. Forgive me. I'm going to say it goes deeper than that. And we're not connecting what the real truth is. So if you will, just go with me for just a moment as we explore what that toilet paper is really a metaphor for, what it's really representing. So say, for instance, you have a person who may be just like you, just like me. And they find out that there's going to be shortages. They find out that uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And say, for instance, they have a family. And let's just go on and, and, and go there. And for a while now, they have been marginalized where they've been having to do more and more for less and less. They feel invisible, misunderstood, put upon, taken advantage of, taken for granted even, left out of the loop, forgotten, and have become invisible. They have just become part of the working dead. They have just become a statistic in the grand scheme of the powerful. They continue to do their work in their life, and they're wanting to get to their goal of happiness. And it seems that instead of getting closer and closer, it's getting further and further away. And now... You tell them that there is an invisible foe that can lash out before they even know it. And they are possibly dying before their body even lets them in on it. And when they go to try to do what it is that they can do to make survival, that even is taken away from them. And so you have people where they get into hoarding. Now, I will say this. 
when you are looking at the emotional impact of a hoarder, you are not dealing with greed. You are well beyond that. You are now dealing with a full-blown survival mechanism of the flight mechanism. You see, that's what hoarding is. And I made a little graph here so that I would make sure I wouldn't flub it. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you uh, some of the equations. Now, it's not, um, this was just like a quick note. So this is not exhaustive. But hoarding toilet paper is going to be that flight response, meaning I see danger. I need to get away from it as fast as possible. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go early and I'm going to be prepared and I'm going to take all that I can so that I don't have to come back to this dangerous area. I don't have to put my family in peril and I'm going to do what I will. So the hoarding of toilet paper is part of the flight response. Okay. So you go and you're trying to get your toilet paper. And I've actually seen one fight where the people who were fighting the other person had a full buggy of toilet paper and they were fighting this person for the very last one. This person just wanted one package of toilet paper. And one of the ladies bit her and snatched even that one away and put it in her already full of toilet paper um, buggy. And the other lady's like, I just wanted one. You bit me. What is going on? And they were fighting her. And I was like, what we're seeing here is full on flight mechanism that has switched over to fight. So what do they say? The famous thing when a corner, uh, if you uh, corner a scared dog, they will come out fighting. That's when you see that flip over for the hoarders uh, who are trying to uh, operate out of their flight uh, defense mechanism. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of being scared. But this is when you move into being scary because you start fighting. So the fighting is when you get to fighting over the toilet paper. Okay. Now I know you're like, well, what about fright and fawn? Oh, they've got theirs too. So if you have the fright type of defense mechanism and you're like, okay, um, I, I can't deal. I just, I won't even go among those people. This is when you start moving into social distancing. So you might say, okay, well, let me just get on a plane and go to a uh, faraway island and I'll use the clean palm fawns, you know, to, to wipe whatever I've got to wipe. Or I'll go somewhere where they have a bidet and I won't have to worry about toilet paper. So when you have the social distancing, this is a lot of people who are, trying to blend into the environment or who are frozen and can't or won't engage in the scary people out there who are the flight and fright people. But then let's talk about those good old fawners. So the fawners, I'm not trying to give them a bad rap, but you find them to be more of your opportunist. So fawners are going to be right in the mix with the fright I mean, with the flight people and the fight people. And they're going to be the ones, like when I saw one of the videos and the ladies had the buggy full of toilet paper, they're the ones who, these people are fighting and the manager comes up. And instead of trying to be concerned for the the, the women and all of this, they go and they say, oh, toilet paper, is there a limit? And they're trying to get the toilet paper out of the buggy. So they're always trying to negotiate their way through a situation. Um, 
And a lot of them, you will see that they are the ones who will go early, buy toilet paper, stack it in their garages. And when times like this come, they're selling it on eBay and things. And so those are your fawners. That's how they deal with crisis and, and being scared or whatever. They still are going to have a bit of that opportunity. Now, the other few last few days, I've really been coming back and talking about finite and infinite games. And yes, I'm going to talk about it again today because it applies here. Thank you. <laughs> but if you had to break these down to get a better understanding of who's playing a long game and who's playing a game to win, it breaks evenly. So the fight people are clearly playing a finite game. They are playing to win. Winner takes all, point blank. They are doing what they need to smash, grab, hurt hard to win. And even your flight people, the ones who are hoarding the toilet paper, who are uh, trying to get away, uh, get, get, you know, get what they need and get away as fast as possible. They're also playing a game to win because that's why they're doing it. They're trying to um, get to shelter and that way they have won. Whereas when you have fright people, the social distancing, they're playing an infinite game. They're trying to preserve a sort of peace in their lives for as long as possible. So they're not willing to break out of the mold of taking a chance to wade into the riskiness of fighting or flighting or any of this. So that is why you'll see them trying to blend into the uh, environment, chameleon-like or even uh, social distancing. I'll go to another place that's peaceful and calm because they are wanting to keep the status quo. They're wanting to keep things as they are for as long as possible. And so when you're thinking about an infinite game, that's the goal, to keep things in play at the hopefully the same or better quality for as long as possible. And then you're fawning people. You would think that they were trying to win. No, it's not necessarily that they're trying to win anything. They're really trying to keep their good fortune and their opportunity to make um, the best of any situation for as long as possible. No matter whether times are good or bad, their goal is to always come out on top. And like I said, I don't want to make light of the fawning because there are people who are in the fawning situation who are not grifters, who are not opportunists, who are not going and buying toilet paper and selling it for $69 online. There are people who are really fawners because that's the only way they can fight to protect themselves and to stay alive. They, they've got to deal with the um, temperamental tyrants that could kill them, you know? So I don't want to make light of that. And, and so, like I said before, they play an infinite game of survive every day. No matter the situation, do what you have to, say what you must, placate them, you know, lie even. Because the infinite game is to stay alive every day because every day has got something going on. And so I'm giving you these things because we are all human. No one is above this. And there are times when you're going to lose it and you're, you're going to get to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I mean, think of when's the last time when you were trying to make it into your parking space and someone cuts you off and steals your parking space. And immediately you put the you throw the car in, in, in park and you're out and trying to go to up to the window to snatch them out of their car before your kid or somebody else in the car or somebody around you has to, you guessed it, 
fawn you back down because you've immediately went into fight mode or you round them from the back. And you say, oh, I'm sorry, you cut me off. (laughs) You know, those are some of the things that we must take a look at and understand that we are going to be scared. It's no shame in the fact that we are made to have scared times. But we do have to fight and work on our skill of not becoming the scary one. And so there are like a few little things that I wanted to to say practically so that we can say, okay, well, you know, how do you not be scary when you're scared? Well, for one, understand that every one of us has this primal propensity to revert back to that baser nature when times are hard, when times are scary, when there is lack, when people feel slighted, when people feel disrespected. And that's just the nature. Of things, and you have to understand that you're going to need to factor in your survival style. And like I said before, it doesn't mean that you only have one, but I will tell you that there is one that you normally revert to first. And then, if needed and if prodded, you will visit the other ones. And so, that's the first thing is to understand your survival style. And once you understand your survival style, It's okay to be true to you, but do not become scary. Don't, if you are, excuse me, if you are a fighter, do not escalate that to 10X to where you become the monster that everyone must try to defeat. Don't tip over into that. And so I know this might sound corny, but one of your best defenses against your defenses is to breathe. And when I say breathe, I'm talking about stop and take a six second in pull of air to the point where you visualize it hitting the bottom of your stomach. Close your eyes even if you have to, to not see the trigger that is causing you to get into this state. You know, pretend if you will that you are fighting to not become the Hulk, that you're trying to stay as Bruce Banner, but breath is going to be one of your biggest helps. Taking that time to breathe, taking the time to get back into your body so that you can re-engage with the front part of your brain. The next thing is to understand more about your human makeup. And that is that the back part of your brain, both physically and and figuratively, is the oldest part. It is the primal, the lizard part. It is the first part that is produced when you're in the womb. It is that part where you have um, uh, the, the desires, passions, and all of the things that make us behave. It is part of that emotional center. Then the middle part of the brain is developed. That is where you start to be able to regulate and to uh, control yourself and, and get your impulse control. That's where your hippocampus, amygdala, your pituitary glands, and your penile glands, all of those are going to be. And then the last part of your brain to develop is going to be the frontal part because this is an evolutionary thing. Don't at me if you don't believe this. Um, 
And that's where the ability to reason that is going to be that frontal lobe of where we have uh, developed the nuances of speech and communication and the ability to correctly assess and understand not only our emotions, but the emotions of others. It's kind of like when you get that upgrade in that fancy console that had a button, you can control the whole house, (laughs) you know, that's going to be the front part. And what ends up happening is when we fall into the areas of being afraid, being scared, we bypass that middle part that is the part that helps us to manage the emotions. And we just go straight back to emotions. So when you breathe, if I pray you can, if you can breathe enough to be able to correctly pinpoint the emotion you're feeling. Now, I'm going to just go on and give you the answer to the quiz. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be anger or some version of it. Anger, frustration, disrespected, um, all of those live in the household of anger. Okay. Irritation, annoyance, all of those anger. Mm-hmm. They're, they're variations, complexions, and de- degrees of anger. And most of the time when you are in, especially if you're in the fight mode, you're in that one. If you are behaving and you feel like the butterflies in the stomach, you start maybe getting nauseous, lightheaded, uh, trembly, and you feel like I, I, I either want to uh, leave or I, I'm stymied, I don't know what to say, I'm in shock, you are most likely experiencing the fear emotion where you're dealing with flight and fright. Mm-hmm. If you start looking at this person and your mind starts racing and you start and there's just so much you want to say and do and you just want to annihilate them with with your your words and with your actions and you want to get back at them and you want to make them suffer by your cleverness and 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 your maneuvers and your strategy. And yes, there are people who this is their go to. You're in the fawning or you want to dispel, diminish the situation. Uh, You want to diffuse it. This is in the fawning situation. And that means that you are experiencing um, a fusion, if you will, like a cocktail of fear, of uh, anger, and also of, uh, of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, you guys. I don't. I, my, I just had a brain freeze. Please forgive me. It'll come back to me in a minute. Uh, but you're you're having a cocktail of three powerful negative emotions where you want to do a reset to get everything back into order. Oh, resentment. I'm sorry. Yes. So resentment because you're resenting that this person is taking you out of your peacefulness, and you're like, okay, we got to get back in. Okay, and so. Understand that when you are faced with situations that cause you to look at the fact that you could die or someone you love could be in danger or death, and you're coming up against danger, death, um, fear, uh, threat, all of those things, you will be thrust into 
the defense mechanisms of either fight, flight, fright, or fawn, or a combination thereof. First thing, if you can remember, please embrace and use your breath to get back in your body. The next thing is to try to act, reactivate the mental part of your brain to start managing and understanding what's the driving force. And once you identify it, I'm going to just tell you real quick, it's either going to be anger, fear, re- or resentment, or something like that. Once you do that, then re-engage the front part of your brain and act accordingly. So guess what? My time is up. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.